0: And my podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast.
1: Um, until fucking WWE brings Hogan back in Saudi Arabia. (laughs) Welcome to Tights and Fights. (laughs) The show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I hate that I brought that up, but it was the only thing I could think of. Uh, I was like, I gotta shit on Hogan.
2: You know what? They didn't bring him back this week. That's all we can...
1: Little blessings. Just little tiny blessings. It's because they're listening to us. I'm T. Hal C. Lublin, and I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, Diane, yell Radford. And, <laughs> and our special guest, he's been on TV's Chris Gets Money and At Midnight, it's comedian Chris Cubis, the baddest dudas. Welcome to Tights and Fights, Chris.
0: woo So happy to be here and immediately be shitting on Hulk Hogan. It feels perfect.
2: That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's why you come on this podcast.
1: That's <laughs> that's what makes us different.
2: Yeah, this is the shitting on Hogan hour. <laughs> yeah,
1: they all wait until after the first break. We get it done.
0: I feel like I kind of had... Well, not kinda. I had stopped pretty much watching WWE because of how evil and awful they are. And now I had to watch a bunch of it for this podcast. And uh, it's all Hogan's fault. <laughs> it's partially Hogan's fault, and then it's a lot, you know, the evil, the umbrella corporation that is WWE.
1: Sure. For real. Uh, so, Chris, before we jump into everything we got a lot to talk about, as every week, uh, as we do every week, uh, tell us a little bit about how you became a wrestling fan, How long you been a wrestling fan? How intense it's been? Like, uh, walk us through.
0: I I, want you know I'm old. I'm 40, and I've been watching wrestling for most of that time, in and out a little bit. I won uh, tickets to a WWE house show. This is how old I am from my local UHF TV station, WTZA (laughs) Channel 62 in uh, upstate New York, and I got to see Hogan versus Honky Tonk in a steel cage, and I was maybe uh, eight. Give or take basically a fan ever since in and out. You know how you kind of do at some points, you get like 14, you find weed, you stop watching a little bit, you get (laughs) back into it Uh, and watch fairly consistently until I hate to break it political, but until this past couple of years when they bought their way into the Trump administration, I was like, you know what? You've always been evil, but now you're like, rubbing my face in it evil so i've mostly been watching uh new japan and underground and i bounce in and out of a couple other apps between high spots and progress
2: now your evil affects everyone and not just me and the thing i love
0: (laughs) yeah no now you're like you're part of the actual evil of the world like you're not just oh you're racist on top of racist i put up with it because i like wrestling now you're like giving them money like it's just bad so yeah there was only so much of that I could take you're like going to Saudi Arabia it, it's just too much but uh that being said I figured out the perfect way to watch WWE and that's rarely I watched this pay-per-view and I hadn't watched in so long I was like this is fucking awesome I love this it's this a great pay-per-view <laughs> yeah you know uh, I I thought it was really
1: strong as well let's jump in this is a big week obviously in WWE we're gonna start with TLC which was this past Sunday uh, and the division in the company with the most traction is the SmackDown Women's division. And Becky Lynch defended her title against Charlotte Flair and Asuka in the first ever women's TLC match. And the match ended when this happened.
0: What the, no, oh, no, 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 no. Ronda, no, no, no. Ronda! Rousey said it earlier tonight. Payback's a bitch. And I'm the baddest one on the planet. Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch have both wronged Ronda Rousey.
1: So what you just heard was Ronda interfering to screw over both Becky and Charlotte, and the Empress of Tomorrow, Asuka, becomes the new SmackDown Women's Champion. Before we even get into the finish, can we talk about the match? Who? <sighs> Ooh.
2: I think we all kind of knew from after, you know, from everything that's been happening with Becky, um, Becky and Rhonda, and then with Charlotte and Rhonda that this was gonna be brutal, but it's like Not only was it brutal, but I feel like I got my Asuka back. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind silly Asuka. I don't mind her hanging out with Naomi and doing butt dances and stuff. But this is the Asuka that I fell in love with. And so I was really happy to get to see that back.
0: Yeah, I I want, I'm going to kick you in your face a hundred times, Asuka. And I felt like, oh man, when she started going off with that kendo stick. Yeah, I was like, okay, we got old Asuka back and I'm very excited for it. This match was, like, hands down the best match on the card. I think that's obvious. But, like, the best TLC match and I don't remember how long, like, just brutal but not terrifying, if that makes sense. It wasn't all crazy huge bumps. They built to a couple, but it was like, we're going to beat the shit out of each other. And I was here for it.
1: Yeah, I think where it worked and where some of the other TLC matches fall down was, all right, we're going to set up, spot, set up, spot. They, they constantly look like they're building something that they're going to use later on. So so the story just becomes, we are master builders from Lego Movie, and then we're going to crash through everything we built. Whereas <laughs> this, there was so much story, every woman had an issue with every other woman there. And so the way this, the, the violence served the story rather than the story having to serve the violence.
2: Yet yeah, it wasn't quite as like Fortnitey or Minecrafty, like where you're just watching people build shit. Um, I agree. And then nine times out of ten, well, not nine out of ten, but a lot of times they build something and that spot doesn't come. It's like a whole other spot, mm-hmm. and it's like, all right, dozers, why did I just watch you guys put all of this together <laughs> if no one's going through that table?
0: Exactly. Yeah. There's only so much I can watch people trying to build tree forts. Yeah. Yeah. Before I, I just like. Will you hit somebody with something? Like, just do that. And they did it over and over and so, like, to perfect effect, to the point where when they do the big spot, it's that much more effective. When you get that crazy leg drop or whatever, it's like, oh, now it's like meant, it means something.
1: Did it also feel to both of you like there weren't as many? I feel like one of the hallmarks of a ladder match or any match where something is suspended is an inordinate amount of time of people climbing the ladder on one another. And this, they had that but it wasn't as predominant. It was like you had to severely injure your opponent before you really went for, went for the prize. It felt yeah. like there was less of that to me. I totally agree.
0: Yeah. It seemed like they didn't start climbing until like the, towards the very end because they knew, you know, nobody could reasonably get up there. That's always the issue when you show somebody who doesn't watch wrestling a ladder match and they're like, well, one, why do you think it's so long to climb that ladder? And two, why are they like constantly going for it when they know they're just going to get knocked off of the thing? And they kind of, Did away with that in this match by just having everyone, you know, almost kill the other person before they started climbing. Yeah,
2: Yeah. I don't mind it as much when it's like those big ones, if only because if I was in one of those, I would also be like, well, if everyone's paying attention to everyone else, maybe I can sneak my way up there. But when it's a triple threat like this, like, no, that doesn't make sense to do the false. Like, we know two minutes in, no one's taken down that belt.
1: 100%. Let's talk about what happened on SmackDown following this, which is they all come out. They're all on the mic. And Vince makes a match, but the match is between Asuka and, and Naomi, who comes out and is on the mic, and that's fine. Maybe not. I, I can't, I, you know. She's not the best on the mic. She's, not the she's great on, the- on Totes Deeves. She's
2: not the best on the mic.
1: Maybe it's just a question more practice. They had a good match. That was a great
2: match. Again, Asuka looked good. She looked Asuka strong. Um, Naomi looked great. They really made Naomi look good in this match, I think.
1: Yeah, well she's I mean she's super talented. It's it's interesting to think of the women that have to get cycled out. You only have one belt right. in that division. So and not everybody can go for that belt all the time. But Naomi's one of those people who she's held the championship what two two or three times yeah. already. Thankfully. And she had a she had a really nice run. She was a she was a good champion. But it's like when she's not fighting for that, she just disappears. Yeah, she gets lost. And that's that's an issue because now they have to heat her up again. This mm-hmm. match is a step in the right direction, but I don't buy just as someone who's following the story of this. Like, why is it Naomi? How how what has she done to earn this?
0: That's a bigger issue across both brand. I know we're I don't want to jump around too much, but like right. if you look like what they did on Raw, they were just like, okay, I want to fight somebody tonight. Okay, well everybody gets a chance to win the title. It's like, well, why? Why does why <laughs> I, I love Naomi? She's great. They had a great match, but like. I don't, under, like, I don't I don't. know why I should be like, oh, of course it's Naomi's turn because she hasn't been anywhere for a while. They have great chemistry. Obviously, they, they're friends. They had a great match. But at some point, you've got to earn a title shot for the title shot to mean anything.
1: Yeah, let's let's shift over to Raw for a second. Well, not for a second. For well, the other half of the second. Okay.
0: <laughs> we have to talk about it.
1: We're just talking all about right, the women's no. division, though. That's all. We're going to stick with that.
0: We're not talking about the fresh start? We're not doing
1: that? No, the fresh start will come uh, way too late. In the show, okay. just like uh, just like WWE <laughs> does it. Uh, let's talk about the TLC match between Ronda Rousey and Nia Jax. I would argue that this is the best match Nia has ever had.
0: I thought that match was great. I thought Nia looked awesome, and they did a great job of making her like believable that she might beat Ronda, even though we all know she's now beating Ronda. I'm so into Nia as a monster, and her busting Becky's face might be the best thing that ever happened to her.
2: It's an unfortunate way for that to happen, but if it gets her back to being the you know the beauty that's a beast, that's what I like. That's the thing that I like about Nia.
1: She's supposed to be the monster of that division. Mm-hmm. That's that's her job, and she does it well. When they when they give her that ball, she runs with it. I have to say. Ronda Rousey is so good at selling. Like crazy intuitive at selling. And I think that's one of the hardest things to do in a, in in a match is sell realistically. Mm-hmm. And that's every old timer you hear in an interview they don't sell. They don't sell like they used to. I think she sells extremely well. She makes her opponents look good. So it's yes, Nia put on a great performance, but Ronda also helped to make her look good. She didn't no sell anything. Yeah. The story, like the story of her trying to figure out how to, how many different ways she could try and get into that armbar, it was like a really strong story being told by them. Mm-hmm. It was just a really she continue every time she has the opportunity to put on a match. She she she's delivers. getting better.
2: You can tell that she really cares and she's really working and she's trying to get better at this thing. I need her to have that same energy with her makeup, but that's fine. <laughs> keep, keep, keep that same energy.
0: The makeup and her two faces, it's smile and then, like, baby that just got larger but didn't actually mature. You know what I mean? Like, she didn't grow older. She just got bigger as a baby. Those are the only two faces she made. So when she's angry baby face, it's just – it's hilarious to me. I don't want to like her because I know her personal opinions on ooh. things that I disagree with. Yeah, who? God damn it, she trash. But that ooh, she being trash. said, <laughs> I don't know another – like brand new is it Kurt Angle who else is before her who's been so new to this that is clearly picking it up so fast yeah you kind of have to give it to her on that level I just wish she believed in things like Sandy Hook yeah Yeah, and wasn't
2: like transphobic those would be really nice we all
1: agree on that we
2: all agree on that and way lower on the list way 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 lower but still on the list no more black swan makeup
0: You don't want any more of that. Is that her choice? You think, or does that like a be. makeup person doing that on her?
2: Yeah, Ronda's makeup is never It does not appear anywhere on the official WWE Glam Squad Instagram, where they post <laughs> every makeup job that they do. They've even got fucking Velveteen's Pompatour on there, um, and they do, they they definitely do not claim that makeup. I bet she do that shit herself.
0: It's either that, or like one of the other four horsewomen are doing it on her, and she doesn't want to. Like she feels bad, so she don't want to tell them it stinks, but now she's stuck with it.
1: yeah that's an awkward conversation to have uh but she cut a promo on monday night decent promo crowd crowd was upset that she knocked that ladder over but logical well delivered and then uh she wants a new challenger so who comes out but the mcmahon family the fresh start mcmahon's and they set up a gauntlet match as you pointed out chris between every pretty much every other woman in the division, except for Nia Jax. And I don't think Tamina was in that match either. And in the end, it's Natalia who gets the win over Sasha Banks, who, who defeated Ruby Riot. But, but uh, Natalia and Ruby Riot had a tables match. I want to touch on that quickly. What did you think about that match?
2: I liked parts of it.
1: Mm-hmm. There
2: were parts of it I really, very genuinely enjoyed. I think it's hard because. Natalia is a very careful worker. Mm -hmm. I I appreciate that. I think that's great. Don't injure people. Don't hurt people. But sometimes her being that careful and being that kind of mama bear or mama cat or whatever can slow down the pace of a match. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Am I way off base here?
1: I see what you're saying. I don't think she works the the fastest pace of match. I think they're technically really sound. Yes. And everything looks good but she's like a ground and pound. She's like a you know, mat-based worker, like Triple H. Yeah. is not going to give you a fast-paced match. That's the the neighborhood that she's in as a performer.
2: Yeah, and I kind of wish that they would tailor more matches to her strengths if she is supposed to, be, you know what I mean? Right. Instead of trying to like just throw her in a match that maybe isn't doesn't play to her strengths as well. I think that they're they I think
1: they do her a disservice. Well, this is going to be the one if there's any match yep. that that fits it. It's another technical worker.
0: Yeah. I have maybe a different opinion. I like this match. Here's here's why, and I think it goes into my having not really watched week to week. I haven't had a bunch of that horrible, like, build-up, because, you know, I follow, I know what's happening. I haven't seen all that. So I got the awesome video package that set everything up, so now I'm in. And then they show me Jim Neidhart's face on a table. That's hilarious to me. And then (laughs) I actually really, I enjoyed it. I thought there was more anger in this match than there was in like Seth and Dean, which I'm sure we'll get to, yeah. but she yeah. kind of needed that. I don't 100% understand why putting someone through a table with their own face on it is more insulting. Uh, <laughs> to me, I think I would put you through a table with my face on it. So the last thing you see is me smiling, shooting you double pistols right before you go through a table, that's insulting. To
2: me. Also, I mean, I don't need a picture to be mad you put me through a table, it's a table. The table does it. I don't need anything else. I don't need your Sandra Lee tablescape on top of it before you throw me through. I'm really just going to be mad that I went through this hard piece of
1: wood. (laughs) If you think you've known suffering, wait till I put you through this table with a Thomas Kinkade ice skating skating (laughs) thing on it. do either of you think that Natalia now facing Ronda Rousey next week on raw is the beginning of a program or just a way for them to shake things up. And they're just putting everything in the lab right now to see who fits with what.
0: Yeah. I think that's more like, it's going to be a setup for either Becky or Charlotte to run in and get involved and start building to that program. I don't think we're going to see a long drawn out Natalia Ronda Rousey program. That doesn't make any sense to me. Although I could see her, I could see Ronda stealing that jacket. She seems to like the, dress up as old wrestlers, so she might just steal the Hart's jacket from her. <sighs> I really,
2: that's another thing. Like, I get it, boo, but you gotta be your own person at some point. Because even even the, even Charlotte Flair and her, and, and Ric Flair drag is starting to get old as fuck to me. Like, I need you to be your own person. Right. Even with Natalia, like, she still does, she does, like, those nods to the Hart family, but, like, but, like, the mutant football version of it. <laughs>
1: <Super> <laughs> <written too. laughs> I want Rhonda to wear more wrestler clothing, so I want her, uh, like, uh, I like the the kilt, the jacket, Bret Hart's glasses, Hillbilly Jim's hat, the Junkyard Dog's chains, and, oh my god, what was the name of Coco Beware's bird? Why can't I think? Frankie. And Frankie on her arm.
0: Frankie? (laughs) She's got Frankie?
1: If Frankie's dead, Frankie could be hanging upside down off that arm. Oh, no. Just limp. Like, I don't even want stuffed Frankie. I want, like, a limp, dead bird. If, Fra- if Frankie's dead I hope Frankie's alive I don't know well.
0: how long birds live
1: Frankie if you're out there we'd love to have you on the birds show birds live
0: a really long time I feel like wrestler birds not so much I feel like I don't know that Coco Beware is doing the upkeep necessary to keep that bird alive <laughs> Look, it's
2: a it's a hard lifestyle you on the road all the time that bird ain't seen his kids in years <laughs>
0: <laughs> can we do a, can we do a
1: sequel to Darren He's wrestler but it's just about the bird it's just about Frankie <laughs> Frankie's gotta fight what's left of damien and that burlap i know that a snake in a canvas bag is not good for the snake (laughs) snakes don't want to be in a canvas bag just the same as like people don't like if they have a dog like if if you dress your dog up and share a photo like look at my dog i put a top hat on him and he's got a pipe in his mouth and everybody else is like your dog hates that and your dog hates you and now i hate you your
2: dog is miserable
1: because you made your dog dress up same thing with a snake in a bag Nobody, that snake doesn't want to be in a bag. That snake don't want to be in a bag. It wants to be in a basket waiting for me to play a flute and charm it out. <laughs>
0: that
1: is the truth. Where do you think snakes should go? Let us know your thoughts <laughs> <laughs> at facebook.com slash group slash tightsfights. America's
0: number one snake cast. We're number Tites one <laughs> snake cast.
1: We're here to talk about all the snake stuff that you're unwilling to at home. We do it for you. And you can do more of it at at Fights on Twitter and Instagram. Let's see those snakes, people. When we come back, WWE's supposed new direction. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Tights
2: and Fights. Come back to
0: WKEP at night. Up next, looks like we've got a PSA from local forest ranger, Duck Newton. Do I start now or? Yeah, I lean in, Duck. Yeah, sorry. Um, okay, I wanted to address the unfortunate situation that... Okay... Listen, two people, good people that I and a lot of y'all have known our whole lives are dead. Torn to shreds a by A savage, dead. bloodthirsty beast that defies human comprehension. If you'd like to know more, stop by the Kryptonomica, Kepler's Premier Museum of the Macabre. Just off uh, highway. Come, come on. We just wanted to warn y'all to, to beg you, if you see one of
1: those things out in the forest, don't fight. Don't scream. Run. Run as far as you can. Doc, it's almost midnight. Listen, folks, if you see anything, please go to thelamplighter.org and let us know. And get behind a locked door tonight. Anything else we need to... Oh, they're leaving. Okay, well, that's thelamplighter.org, and
2: stay safe out there, Kepler.
1: Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin. I'm joined today by... Daniel Radford. And...
0: Chris Cubis.
1: Ooh, like that delivery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm working on my announcer voice. That's Do right. it. Yeah, hell yeah.
1: <laughs> it's perfect. WWE opened up the show last night by acknowledging what we've all been saying for over a month now. Raw sucks and needs a change. And who better to symbolize the institution of change than the entire aging McMahon family opening up the show. Here's a clip. <sighs> We're off! to a fresh start. The days of absentee management are over. As of now, the four of us will be taking back Monday Night Raw. And that goes for SmackDown Live as well. Wait, what? Because the four of us are personally responsible to ensuring that all of you have the best possible experience that there is this is the same shit that they
2: always do where they act like they are not the source of the problem oh we have to take rob back nigga from who you sign the check stop doing this (laughs) stop it's your company who are you taking it back from yeah
0: they said absentee management I was like, (laughs) absentee management would be the best thing you could possibly do. If Vince McMahon would walk the fuck away for five minutes, maybe you would have a reasonable television show. You
2: know, this show would be good if the managers would just show up. Nigga, that's just fucking, that's like the Spider-Man meme of Spider-Man point. Like, nigga, that's you. (laughs) You're the one who has been coming (laughs) to work. (laughs) What are you talking about? I'm sorry. I start getting into that like whistle noise that only dogs can hear when the McMahons
1: do something. Hold on, everybody. Let's give them a chance and see how it goes. So their first act of the fresh start. Oh no, wait. They did the same shit they did the same night before, which is everybody beats up Baron Corbin. God
0: damn it! They did the same fucking thing. You a rematch is the first thing you do for a fresh start. I drove me insane. I want to freshen things up.
1: Yesterday I had fucking raisin bran for breakfast, but today. I'm having Raisin Bran for breakfast. (laughs) It's totally fucking different. Fresh start. Can't you smell the freshness coming off the flowers? This is what you wanted. And hold on a second. I'm going to go out of order here. But what the fuck is this EC3 short where he lives in Patrick Bateman's apartment, gets home, (laughs) drops his keys on the counter, and slowly undresses to reveal him looking himself in the mirror wearing his fucking wrestling gear. Are all of his matches taking place in an Art Stone apartment? What? I, what? I'm not. What? Gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of
2: liked it. it. Look, it's I, hilarious. I kind of laughed but my butt off.
1: I did. I like. Don't get it. I feel like he's like sexy realtor. Maybe that's it. Like, I have an open house, but first, let's look at the merchandise. And then he looks at himself (laughs) in the mirror, puts the clothes back on, flyers, cookies in the oven. I'm just a sexy realtor. Sexy
2: realtor. I work for IMAX.
0: (laughs) I think one of my favorite things in the world is uh, like a luchador wearing a suit. Like when you've got the mask <laughs> yes. and then also regular clothing, that's like my favorite thing. So this is like reverse that, where it's like, oh, regular clothing, but also underneath, I'm a sexy fighting boy.
2: <laughs> Look at my fists. Check out these shorts.
1: <laughs> EC3, secret wrestler. Uh, let's talk about something else that feels like a fresh start. Quotes. I feel so bad. I, I said it myself. I thought that, that Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins would have a really good match, yeah. even though the sh- the build was bad. I think that it doesn't work with Seth as the face and Dean as the heel, because Dean has more fire as the baby face, and Dean has more fire as the heel. So there's no sense of, like, desperate or, uh, you know, the, the betrayal of the shield by by Seth Rollins gave Dean Ambrose fuel as a character to just go, I'm going to chase you down and ruin your life. Now, as a heel, the story is Dean saying, I'm going to chase you down and ruin your life. We've already seen that story. We've already seen this exact right. story, regardless of who you cheer or boo for. We've seen it before.
2: Right. And it also, I do think it suffers from, they haven't, with Seth, I feel like they've done a better job of establishing, like, hey, I feel Fucked up. I fucked everything up. I robbed myself of like time that I could have been with my friend who has cancer. I, you know, I'm so sorry. Like I feel like they have set up his baby faceness mm-hmm. and I feel like with Dean, we still don't have a good reason other than that shit you did before, and we need something more recent. Like because this feud is like the epitome of why are you bringing up old shit. Like we were fine, and then our friend got sick, and all of a sudden we're not fine anymore. But it's all stuff that happened in the past. Like what is happening now that is making this happen? They would do terribly in couples counseling where you're not where you have to be productive and a fight has to be about what the fight's about now and not bring everything up that happened over the last few
1: years. This feud boils down to five words. I don't accept your apology. That's all it is.
0: But he already did.
1: But that's what the... that's That, to me, feels like what this feud is about.
0: Definitely. And they also need to make Dean, if he's going to be a heel and have something... Yes, one, he needs to have something more recent to be angry about, absolutely. But also, he needs to be more dangerous. After that first beatdown... What am I, mostly judging on video package, by the way, he bought a new coat. Like, I don't understand why I'm supposed to be afraid of it.
2: (laughs) And, you know, and I do, I love, I love that he is now Ginger Sabretooth. I am totally into (laughs) it. I do like it. I like him in that coat. (laughs) The gas masks are dumb, but the coat is really cool. But, yeah, it it is. It is. It's one of those things where it's like, I need more. And I I feel like they're tiptoeing around it being I'm doing this because I'm sad because our bro is going through this for me. And this will never happen because this is not how wrestling works. If that is going to be the payoff and that's the reason he's doing this and we find that out and they're dragging this out um, and and just kind of leaving breadcrumbs and not telling us that this is the, what the feud is about. When that is revealed, it needs to be at the end of a match when they've been beating each other senseless And then something happens, Roman comes out or something, and it can't end in a pinfall. It has to end in tears with Seth holding Dean. And that's not the way wrestling works. That's the only way. If this is the thing, it has to end fucking New Japan style. It has to end in hugs and tears. And I just don't see WWE doing that. I don't see them allowing for them to have the emotional catharsis that they would need to have after this, if that is what this is.
0: Oh, you mean to tell me you don't think that the WWE can handle nuanced male uh, emotion and sensitivity?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm, I know I sound crazy, you guys. Yeah,
0: what, what,
1: what are you
2: nuts? But that's what the story would have to be. I literally want like, this is a, I, I'm going to Buffy reference it. So sorry, guys. I literally want like end of fucking end of season six. You know, Willow trying to hit Xander with the zappy things while her power's draining and then she can't hit him anymore. So she's beating him on the chest and then finally just collapsing into a pile in his arms because she's sad about Tara. That is what I want for Dean and Seth and not in the way you shippers do, but in a real way that is also kind of like, yeah, man, you're allowed to fucking show emotion when shit's real hard. Um, but I just don't—WWE programming is not the place that's going to give me male vulnerability in in the face of hard times. And that, But that is what I want.
1: Well, you know, there's still a chance it could happen because the program's going to continue.
2: Listen Dean, to the fans. Listen to Danielle Radford. D- D- Dean <laughs> Make the them title. cry and ignore when people are in your ads calling them pussies. It'll be beautiful and amazing, and Twitter will love it.
1: Well, Dean won the title that he defended against Tyler Breeze. And he wins. Then Seth attacked him. Mm-hmm. but's I don't want to talk about this anymore. I'm moving on. The new Daniel Bryan <laughs> defended his WWE title against AJ Styles at TLC. And if where's the new title? If we had not had the triple threat TLC match, I think this would have been the match of the night. I think it is. It is probably AJ Styles' best match in great WWE. Match. Great match. Daniel Bryan worked heel convincingly. It was a gr- like just we- great storytelling all throughout. You know, we
2: all bought so hard into yes, 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 face Daniel Bryan, chase Daniel Bryan, underdog Daniel Bryan. We forgot how fucking good he is as a heel.
0: Yeah. I absolutely, 100%, this was the second best match on the card for sure. And such a great, because to be honest, I'm a vegan environmentalist, could be the shittiest heel coming out of Vince McMahon going, oh, these assholes like oat milk or whatever. Could be terrible, and Daniel Bryan is doing such a perfect job with it. I love it. I think it's great.
1: Somebody—a mm-hmm. somebody, uh, somebody a friend of mine texted me and said he thought that this was, like, Shawn Michaels' second act. I don't think this is the end of Daniel Bryan's first act. I know he's had a break because of injury, and mm-hmm. that's it's easy to draw that parallel. I don't think he's anywhere near done. I don't think he's anywhere near done. No,
2: I don't think he's anywhere near done <laughs> And I don't
1: think we've seen the best. I feel like the best is yet to come with him.
2: Because, I mean, he's— since he's been back, he's been trying out a new. He's still Daniel Bryan, but he's. You can see he's working differently. Yeah, he's doing things differently, and it wasn't that like weird cat prowler beast thing that he was premiering on Total Bellas or Total Divas or whatever right. it was. Um, but you can see he's working a different style, and so that takes a any wrestler. It doesn't matter how good you are. Yeah, you're relearning how to wrestle in a way that is more protective of you. That is difficult, and he is a dude of an age for to be an athlete. For to be an athlete.
1: For to be an athlete.
2: Shakespeare. So, um, I agree. I think he's only going to get better because he's Daniel fucking Bryan.
1: Well, he did something great the the other night on SmackDown main event. Daniel teamed up with Andrade Cien Almas and AJ Styles teamed up with the newly minted SmackDown star Mustafa Ali, who got the (sighs) pin... Over Daniel Bryan.
2: Chris, have you gotten a chance to watch any 205 Live?
0: Uh, Here and there, I'm familiar with Mustafa Ali. I think he's awesome. I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of his sub-zero light-up faith mask.
2: Oh, it's my favorite thing (laughs) in the entire world.
0: (laughs) But I think he's great, and I think... If you're good, I and mean, not that it was necessarily the freshest of fresh starts, but talk about a match you haven't seen before that's going to absolutely deliver. You put those four guys in a match and it's going to be fucking awesome. So, yeah, I think that was like, if SmackDown's going to do anything better than Raw, it's giving you those dream matches. And I thought that was perfect. And also, I need more Andrade seen almost in my life. I don't know. I, have, again, I haven't been watching much. I watched him in NXT a bit. But man, that dude is like, if I could be a wrestler, it would be him. And I just don't. I don't have that much cool in my body, and I never have.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, true facts. Yeah, he's. he's no incredible. one has.
0: He's like Naito to me. I bring him to New Japan. He's very similar, and obviously they're both Los Gobernables or whatever. But that like, I want Naito's tear off white suit with the cape and the maroon underneath and i want uh andrade c and all if i was like building a character Mm. it would be those two things mashed together
2: i loved how many people were saying that like his character was ripping that off from new japan because they didn't realize that he was the same dude
1: (laughs) that's a thing that happened (laughs) there were some developments in the tag division of both shows first raw had the revival finally re-enter the title picture by beating aop and lucha house party and b-team don't forget Bodell's taking the pin in that one. Thank you. B team, B Team, Go Go Go. Is that was that what it was? God, who remembers? Doesn't matter. Don't, don't Do you know
2: how much wrestling I watch? Who, who remembers? Don't
1: you know my handle on Twitter? You can leave me <laughs> out of this one. The SmackDown had the SmackDown and the <laughs> SmackDown. I love that it's written this way. Like, Julian all of a sudden turned into my great aunt. And the Smackdown had Sanity and the club return to brawl against the Usos and the bar. Don't you like those? Hey, you should be on Saturday Night Live. I watched it the other day, and I thought you should be on it. Do you have any skits? Yeah, so Sanity's back. The club is back. I don't know. I, I'm i willing to wait and see.
2: Right now, I am at a stage. I feel like I'm always at the stage. But I am at the, don't know what's going to happen, going to stay hopeful about it. Sure. Because I love wrestling and I want it to be good. I promise y'all, I don't go into watching, what, fucking 10 hours of wrestling a week, hoping that any of it is bad. Why would I want to waste my time? Because I I do like bad movies, but I like them because I enjoy them. Bad wrestling (laughs) is just bad wrestling. So like... Of course, I want everything I watch to be good that week. I go in with the highest hopes, so I will continue to go in with the hopes that this will be good. Stay strong.
0: I'm the same way. I go in. I always want the best from my wrestling. I'm going to watch four hours of a show tonight. I want it to be good for sure. I just am a bitter old man who's been screwed over by this company too many times. So I look look at all these four teams. They're awesome. I like them. I even like those giant babies, AOP. I think they're cool, but otherwise, but like, I'm just going to be disappointed another week. So I'm at the point now where I'm like, uh, what have you done for me lately? That's where I'm at where it's like, you okay. I know you can be good, but I'm going to need you to prove it a little bit before I get my hopes up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We also learned on raw that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are on their way back from injury. I don't know. I I don't have anything to say about that yet. I'm just happy to have them back. No,
2: I'm super happy about it. And Sammy was like, he posted this thing because you know he's been a um, humanitarian, Sammy. Since he's been gone, he's been like, like he's been like himself. Um, and so then he had to do a thing. He, like it literally felt like a switch went on. He was like, oh right, I'm a heel. And he was like, oh, I was like going back and remembering I'm going to do wrestling and I forgot how good at this I am. And I had a tweet. I was like, we didn't. but it's also it's it's really fun to watch him like have to remember that he's supposed to be a bad guy (laughs) he's like oh right I can't uh bad guy, bad guy. I've got to be Sammy now.
0: Yeah, his Twitter has just been, like, their two Twitters on their, like, break, their respective breaks, have been so good because Sammy's just, like, on this world journey of enlightenment and help and trying to be a better person, and then Kevin's just, like, occasionally posting a picture of a cat or going to, like, a Celine Dion concert or something. I, it's been so much fun to watch, and I hope they come back, like, with something to do for those guys, you know?
2: For real, because they are, y- y- you want a fresh start? Give me more good Sami Zayn because he's really good and his heel turn was amazing and everything I wanted it to be.
1: Well, speaking of people who we hope they have something to do with, we've also learned this week that, as mentioned before, EC3, Heavy Machinery, Nikki Cross, Lacey Evans, and Lars Sullivan will all very soon be making their main roster debuts. Mm. Who of these people do you have the highest hopes for and why? Chris?
0: Nikki Cross! Nikki Cross! Nikki Cross a hundred times. She's like I love how different she is from all of the other women. She's like a great wrestler, but also a really good character. She can breathe, a, like, she's like chaos. She's the Joker showing up to wrestling, right? She's an yes. agent of chaos that can just mm-hmm. show up and be thrown into anything and make it more interesting. I love her to pieces. I hope you know they need to just turn her loose and let her go crazy. And then they need to take Lars Sullivan and the other lady and, uh, I don't know, throw them in a the lake because I'm, I'm over them. <sighs>
2: <laughs> Lacey has a very interesting gimmick, but she is also someone that it, she's she's problematic as fuck.
0: Yeah. And I don't think she's that good. Now, I haven't seen a ton of her work. Like I saw her in the May Young or whatever. I OK, you're like the woogie woogie bugle boy from Company C or whatever. That's a cute entrance. But are you? I, she didn't bring anything to the table.
2: Well, she's green, I think is the thing. I don't remember when she started. I know she did do, my understanding is she did do some indies and some other things, but I feel like she is, this isn't one of those where this was someone who had like a huge indie career and then like came to NXT. Like she's not a ricochet. Um, or, you know, she's or like even like a Shayna Baszler or something. Um, I think her gimmick is interesting. I think people will like it. I do think that that's, look, that that's the shit that uh, Sandra, the person who does some of the gear for the ladies, that's the shit that she loves to do. So her gear is always going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm on a wait and see with her. I know Hal has opinions about, you know, sexy psychopath boy EC3, but I'm excited for him. I think it, Nikki Cross first and foremost, and then after that it would be EC3 for me.
1: I feel the same way. I'd like to see Heavy Machinery do well also.
2: I would too, but I, we got to see what this tag landscape is going to look like.
1: I think they'd be fun as a destructive force on SmackDown. I think they could have a good feud with Sanity.
2: And apparently none of us have anything good to say about Lars Sullivan.
1: I think he's fine. He's just... Not the person I'm most excited about. I'd like to see EC3 yeah. do well. I didn't think he needed to be in NXT in the first place. Kind of. That wish feels they, like yeah. a mistake because the only match I remember him from is the six man ladder match for the US, For the uh, was it the North American Championship?
2: Kind of wish yeah. they would have brought up Belair, but maybe they're gonna give her like a good like a good run at the championship.
1: Yeah, they need to keep built They have uh, so many women down there. They can form. I-, I think they need to keep that division going. You can't just feed them all in.
2: But right away hits people with
1: her weave. Yeah. She whips her hair back and forth.
2: She's like, <laughs> she's, she was literally created in a lab to be my favorite wrestler. Yeah.
1: She was. What is Sasha going to think about it?
2: <sighs> we, you know, we haven't talked about it. She's mm-hmm. been real busy.
1: Uh-huh. That's the excuse. Uh, who are you most excited to see debut, people? Let us know at Facebook.com slash group slash Tights Fights or at Tights Fights on Twitter or on Instagram. And you can do it on all three if you want. When we come back, we've got three things from wrestling that we want to share with you. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Hello, Maximum Fine. I am Oliver Wong, scholar, journalist, DJ, etc.
2: And I'm Morgan Rold. I'm a music supervisor who loves stilettos. We host Heat Rocks, a music podcast where we talk to influential artists and scholars about the albums that changed their lives. On our most recent episode, we had the chance to talk with none other than R&B legend Macy Gray mm. about one of her favorite albums, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by <laughs> Yeezy.
1: We get deep talking about everything from Kanye's college dropout days all the way up to his most recent shenanigans.
2: I just think it's weak, and I don't think he has to do that, and, and I was just disappointed.
1: So make sure you, dear listener, are subscribed because you definitely do not want to miss this conversation.
0: hate rocks every Thursday right here on Maximum Fun. Ties and Bites Podcast. and
1: Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin. I'm joined today by... Danielle Radford. And... Chris Hume. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) This week, we want to end the show by sharing some of the joy of pro wrestling with you. This is The Three Count. (laughs) Chris, around these parts, the guests go first. Tell us, what would you like to put over?
0: Uh, I would like to put over the moment in the TLC, uh, the three-way ladies match, when Charlotte takes the leg drop through the announce table and the announce table doesn't break. She makes a noise that at first was like, oh, she's dead. But then I was like, oh, maybe they just popped a little bit of her inside and a bunch of air came out. Because she just goes... Oh, 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 at one point, and it's the most brutal thing that happened in that entire pay-per-view. It made my skin crawl here again.
1: Oh! Oh, the table! The bulk of Becky Lynch's body oh! weight went right into the
0: ribs of Charlotte Flair. I'm pretty sure Becky Lynch bounced off of Charlotte Flair's body. It was that much of an impact. Becky Let's take another mood. look at this. Look at the height.
1: And another angle here again as Becky Lynch. Good lord! <laughs> she sounds like a human bagpipe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you ever, you ever get the wind knocked out of you as a kid and you think you're gonna die? Mm-hmm. It sounds exactly like that.
2: <laughs> it's like an Enya song. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Return of <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. It. <laughs> Could somebody please out there, I know that somebody who is a listener of this show will, can do audio editing, will you please edit that, that noise into Enya's Return to Innocence? It fits there perfectly. And if you, hey, if you find other songs for it, do it. Please do it. The world is your oyster. <laughs> Danielle, what do you want to put over?
2: I am putting over a thread by um, a person called Shoulders underscore Up on Twitter. They are part of Queer Wrestle Fan Twitter, which is an amazing Twitter. And they did this thread today that was all about Showing some gifts that highlight the details of wrestlers keeping each other safe, um, and they did one of them last year, and we'll link to the for, to the thread. But it's just really nice. It's like, you know, there are these people that we love, and there are moments when you can see, like they um, they were actually replying to someone who posted Natty, double checking to um, that person's called Myth. Gifs m i t h g i fs saying you know, Natalia double checking to make sure the position was right before sending Ruby Riot into the table. And so you can like actually the camera kind of catches like you if, if you're if you're looking for it, you can see her look over. And so this is just a collection of things. and again, um she did one of them last year. And again, it's just one of those nice things that reminds you that it's like, you know, oh look. They're they they're taking care of each other. They're saving each other's lives. Um, and so it's a bunch
1: of different gifts and videos that show that off. Nice. Everybody, go check that out.
0: I like that you put over the exact polar opposite of what I put over.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Safety.
1: Oh, I just thought of another one out there, music editor. Can you please do a CNC Music Factory things that make you go? <laughs> 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 I want to put over something from TLC as well. During Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins' match, a lot of us who who are uh, more interested in the behind-the-scenes goings-on are aware that Dean Ambrose has a wedding ring tattoo on his left hand because he is married to Renee Young, who is on the announce team, and that makes for some interesting uh, interactions and commentary from Renee Young throughout the match. This one in particular uh, is one that I wanted to point out. Again, clearly Dean Ambrose has had so much time to suss out Seth Rollins. He knows him better than anybody. It's actually almost a year ago today that Dean Ambrose had to undergo surgery on his tricep, which gave him more time at home to just sit back and reflect on where his career's gone, where his teammates have gone. I just love that idea of her giving a little bit of inside perspective. I know that there are funnier things. I know the Christmas cactus thing might have been what some people were hoping for. But I like that, that uh, she figures out a way to try to remain unbiased within the match and those little touches uh, are the things that i that i get a lot of joy yeah out.
2: that totally makes sense plus um i feel like if you're a wrestler having like a wedding ring tattoo makes so much more sense than having like a wedding ring right because that thing can get caught in stuff that's right
0: just like daniel put over safety first
1: that's right safe we're all putting over safety that does it for Tights and Fights. We are a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. This week, your hosts were Chris Cubis and Danielle Radford, along with me, Hal Lublin. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Please tell our listeners where they can find your work. You
0: can find me at Chris Cubis on all social media. Check out my podcast, Canceled, where we watch TV shows that only lasted one season. We did watch the entire run of Wrestling Society X, so uh, you wow. should definitely give that a listen. Uh, that show is wild
1: unbelievable hey everybody it's the holiday season and that means that i'm still doing work juice december over at my other podcast we got this with mark and hal this week was paget brewster doing another clean sleigh but i'm very proud of next week as well dropping on christmas is our 200th episode 200 episodes of we got this we have not missed a week since we started in march of 2015 and joining us for that show will be our good friend and the final work juice uh december guest uh paul f tompkins he'll be joining us so please check that out also on the maximum fun network danielle
2: um, as per you, you can find me on my Patreon. Um, also, me and my dude, me and my boyfriend, <laughs> my boyfriend, um, we recently did an episode of Couples Therapy, the podcast um, that is done by a married couple. Um, it is Naomi. I'm going to fuck up her last name, so I'm not going to do it. It's Naomi and Andy's podcast. I think there's a few couple therapies podcast, but it's the one that's by Naomi and Andy, um, and they do like live shows, and so if you want to hear me and the love of my life talk about the first time we did shrooms together um you can go check that out hooray there you have it also buy mike stuff and buy Lindsay stuff
1: that's it buy it our producer is miles morales is understudy julian burrell <laughs> senior producer at maximum fun is laura swisher mike eagle is the voice behind our theme music so we're putting him over for that keep up with us all week long at facebook.com group slash tights fights and at tights fights on twitter and on instagram and if you love the show, remember, hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, share us with all your friends. Thank you so much to the Maximum Fun members who have a portion of their recurring monthly contribution. Go towards our show and keep the lights on when we're here in the studio. We'll be back next week for even more, you guessed it, wrestling.
0: Ties and Bites Podcast. Ties